Welcome back to another special episode. You know they're all special of Andrew Says. Today we are joined by super producer, chief videographer, and my favorite Turkish celebrity, Mocha Bazurgan, and Blaze TV, Sarah Gonzalez, the infamous, you know, uh, tweeter of things that cannot be said. She's also a host, and you'll see her pretty much on every Blaze TV show. How are you guys doing today? Thanks for joining me. Good. Yeah, Thank thanks you. for having us. He I, also Mocha is my favorite uh, celebrity from Turkey as well. So there's like him. <laughs> there's a few soccer players. Um, I don't know oh, who else you. I can think of. <laughs> the first thing I want to everyone from Calgary. Yes. Way out in the West. You got we're coming from three different time zones, I think, right now. It's a very special episode on the Flat Earth. Sarah, the first thing I want to talk to you about before uh, we get into other topics, Canadians who might not be familiar with you. They may have just seen your Twitter uh, blow up a bit more when Elon Musk announced that he was buying Twitter. We're waiting for that, Elon. Um, and you said all these things that were supposed to be cancelable, and you went on this big rant. I don't know how many tweets it was. I can't remember everything you said. I know one of them was men can't be women and vice versa. Uh, what, what were some of the other things you said, and did you actually face any backlash from that? Were people trying to get you cancelled for that or removed from Twitter? Oh, yes. 100% people were trying their damnedest to get me removed from Twitter. I kept getting the emails in my inbox. A new report has been received about your account. And actually, uh, I did get an email that my entire profile cannot be seen in France. So if anyone is watching from France, uh, you won't actually be able to go on and see these tweets. But, um, it, you know, it was like basic common sense that we used to be able to share without fear that we were going to get banned from social media, uh, like um, only women can get pregnant. Uh, you know, transgenderism is a mental illness. Um, white supremacy is not a major threat to America. Things that really, again, we used to be able to say, and it was not controversial. And uh, I found it funny and also a little bit sad that the state of things that I was seen as like a hero to so many people. I'm like, I'm just saying basic things that we used to be able to say. How sad is it uh, a reflection of the, the state of affairs that I can't just say these things or I'm held in some high regard because I said these things. It's crazy. I think it was 2018 or 2019 where Michael Knowles from Daily Wire went on tour with his men cannot be women speech and they had stuff thrown at him. Um, and now just a couple of years after that, it seems like that's even more banned from just saying these obvious truths. Mocha, do you have any light to shed on that? I know you come from another part of the world where you tell me all the time how this sort of culture is pushed on people. Well, you know, I'm 22 and I went to broadcasting in college. I didn't go to like philosophy school or whatever. <laughs> But I was in Turkey when I was 18 and um, I was producing short films, criticizing the government, criticizing oppressive religion. And um, what happened to me was that people started complaining to the police and I had to go to the police station, give statement, blah, blah, blah. Lots of um, drama. But at the end of the day, as a child growing up in Turkey, because I saw Canada before, I could always compare and I was more immune to propaganda, government propaganda. And I always thought to myself, you know what, Turkey is going to catch up. 
It's going to catch up with the first world. It's going to catch up with Canada, with Europe in terms of religious freedoms, in terms of freedom of speech. But these days I'm seeing what's happening in terms of censorship on internet and people just missing the point. People are saying, oh, it's a private company. It's like, yeah, but you're missing the bigger picture here. And um, you know what I mean? I thought Turkey would catch up, but now it feels like the Western governments are catching up to Turkey. You know, I used to say, look, in the West, they don't do that. They allow people to have different opinions. They allow them to express. And now they could tell me, the authoritarians could tell me, no, look at Europe, look what they're doing. <laughs> so they could actually rationalize their oppression now. And um, I don't, I used to have a, at least an ideal, maybe imaginary utopia that existed in my mind as Europe, Canada, United States. But um, that is totally, it's um, getting, it's gone in my mind. So, Sarah, I hear yeah. a lot of people use a talking point now that Texas is purple and will eventually turn blue in the next few election cycles. Do you fear that? Do you think it's actually going to happen? And do you fear what Mocha's talking about here, which is basically what's happened to Canada, is that we are sliding into this happy version of authoritarianism? Yeah, I mean, I think that when you look at the amount of people who are migrating into Texas from, say, California, uh, these really blue, heavily blue states, it does tend to worry you because, you know, understand not all of these people are moving because they see Texas as this bastion of freedom. There's a lot that are thinking that, but there are also a lot who are only moving because their company that they work for uh, is now headquartered in Texas and they have no choice but to relocate. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to understand why their company is relocated there uh, and vote accordingly. So um, it is, I would say this, I think that the, the greatest fear uh, in Texas turning purple or eventually blue is only because there are so many conservative voters and so many voters in particular that just don't, they're not engaged. They don't, uh, they don't, they don't vote. They don't go through the process. Um, they don't understand. I mean, my friend Chad Prather was primarying Greg Abbott uh, mm -hmm. over here in Texas for Texas governor because you know, in our opinion here in Texas, I know there are a lot of states who say we would love to have Greg Abbott as governor. He's so conservative. And here in Texas, we're like, he's not conservative enough. <laughs> so we, um, he primaried him, Chad Prather did. And we had so many people who just didn't understand the primary process, conservative voters who were like, you're going to get a Democrat elected. You're going to split the vote. And we had to explain the primary process to them. Uh, the, the primary was held in March, March 1st. And he still has people asking him how the campaign is going. These are, these are people who think conservatively and have conservative values, but aren't engaged and aren't going through the process. And so that's the scary part to me. It's not that the, the people are going to change their values. It's that they're not going to participate. And then in the end, we will lose because they didn't participate. Yeah. And for those who don't know, Chad also had a Facebook lawsuit, which he actually won, which he's hoping he told me that will set a precedent. Mocha, 
we hear a lot of the vote splitting stuff up here. I'm sure you're very familiar with it, with the conservative yes. parties up here. What's your overall opinion on that? Do you? Th I, I tend to lean towards the vote for who you want to, and if enough people vote for that person, then the right person will, you know, hopefully will become the leader of the party or the state or the country. Do you see any merit to that argument, or do you have any other opinion on that? Well, as you know, I've been covering um, the Conservative Party and um, the PPC, which came out of the Conservative Party, split ways, and it was accused of vote splitting. Um, and as you know, I also covered the convoy and the lockdowns and so on, and I, I talked to people. And um, when truckers came to Ottawa to protest the federal mandates, for example, there were nobody standing up with them, no politician. Where was the Conservative Party? Because the Conservative Party under Aaron O'Toole was basically liberal party, but in a different shape. Mm -hmm. So people were saying, we need an opposition party. We don't need a party that is scared of the media, that is um, changing its opinion or waiting for the pools to come in to have an opinion, you know, that sort of a conservative party that we had in Canada was really, in my opinion, despicable. People didn't like it. I didn't like it. And what can you do if you're not going to vote for somebody else? Really, you're going to keep voting for the same party that doesn't really stand up for anything. I mean, where were they when the civil liberties were being eroded? Have you ever heard them? come out have you ever heard Aaron O'Toole anyways Aaron O'Toole is gone now and there's a new page for the Conservative Party of Canada it seems hopefully they will learn these this lesson that you have to have a spine you have to have values you have to stand up for them in the hour of need and not change them according to public opinion I mean these pools are not that reliable anyways so Sarah, do you still see that? I see that as a huge problem, how much politicians care about, you know, bad people on Twitter being angry or left leftist media who are blatantly and openly leftist. Got an email coming in. I'll get the fax machine going. Uh, <laughs> do you see a problem with people who are sort of governing by way of Twitter reaction and woke mob reaction? Is that still happening where you are, do you think? Yeah, it is. And I, I'd say in particular, what's more frustrating for me, um, because I see the, the left doing that a lot. What's more frustrating for me is when the right uh, is more focused on creating these viral tweets or creating these viral videos that they can then post on Twitter and get a bunch of reactions for. And I'm talking about lawmakers uh, instead mm -hmm. of actually creating policy, instead of actually trying to do something uh, with their job that they were elected to go do, they'd rather just get the clout on Twitter. And that in particular for me is far more frustrating uh, than, you know, I, I expect it from the left. I expect them to use random people on Twitter to promote, you know, their agenda and say, look, this is what the American public wants. I don't like it when my own party uh, tries to gain Twitter clout rather than do the things that we elected them to do. And I want to go back to, to one thing um, that I want to mention about Texas in particular. Um, 
I think that it's a blessing in disguise when we have people like Robert Francis O'Rourke, uh, <laughs> of course he calls himself Beto, running for uh, governor here in Texas because he's so radical. He's so over the top. He's such a horrible candidate. He's talking about taking people. I mean, literally, think about this. In the state of Texas, which I think you could argue maybe Florida is out Texasing Texas right now, but Texas is supposed to be this land of, you know, a bastion of freedom and liberty. And in the state of Texas, you have a person running for governor that is literally telling people he want he is going to take legally owned firearms from people. And this is something that he recently said. I know he said it when he was running for president and then uh, dialed back down and said, no, 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 no. I actually want to protect the Second Amendment. Uh, I want to, to protect your rights. Now, of course, after the Uvalde shooting, he's come back out and said things like that. And I think when the Democrats run these very, very radical far left candidates, it's, it's a blessing in disguise for us because they're not going to gain the ground that they think that they're going to gain. Um, I mean, we'll see if I'm right, but I just, I don't see, I've been following Beto O'Rourke out here in Texas. I don't know if you've seen, I, you know, they kick me out of all of their events mm -hmm. because they're afraid that they're going to get asked a tough question. And the, the main thing that I'm seeing in all of these events that I'm going to is that there's just there's no enthusiasm. There's there's hardly anyone there. Uh, he can hardly fill, a, you know, he might fill a very small place, but he's not going to fill a very large venue. And I think that there's a reason for that. Yeah. Uh, to your point about them looking for the clips, I mean, that's how the leader of the Conservative Party in Canada took a hold. He would do his little clips where he made fun of Justin Trudeau in Parliament and post them to his YouTube channel. And that's how he got uh, popularity. And I was sitting there thinking, this guy hasn't tabled a bill in seven years, but he he's right. the ultra cool guy who didn't say anything for two years during lockdowns. And now that he sees an opportunity to be the only person to say something, you know, he finally does it and sees a weak leader and gets him kicked out and takes his place. And now people are thinking he's going to be the prime minister. And to your point about um, Beto, of course, who's just an overall ridiculous character. I mean, he's skateboarding. He's, awful. he's just unintentionally so funny. I think when you do have somebody <laughs> like that come in, it really shows you how far things have come because it was it was the Hillary Clinton days when everybody was saying, oh, they're not nobody wants to take your guns. Nobody wants an open border. They just want small changes. Nobody wants pure censorship. Nobody wants to throw people in jail. But now we see how far it can come. And the people who are hardcore in this uh, leftist authoritarianism, you know, communist dogma, they will keep going and going on pretty much every topic, I think. Now, that's not to say that uh, there aren't moderates on there, but you kind of feel like compelled to say that just to, you know, try to give the, the small amount of people that are left in the Democrat Party, for example, a chance to breathe and a chance to maybe think that not everybody's against you. But I digress on that point. And I just wanted to say, I think I had one more point there about... Um, about them saying that they were coming for their guns. And when Matthew McConaughey comes out and he says, you know, we need red flag laws, and you get all these people saying, I'm not really into politics, but I'm going to listen to Ma what Matthew McConaughey says. I think you run into the same problem that you might run into with Joe Biden. And of course, we're on YouTube, so I have my own views about how that went. But even if he's filling no rooms and Joe Biden has truck parking lot uh, events, 
there's still going to be these people that you assume that are not involved with politics, but they're still going to check mark blue all the way down the ballot because they say, think that's the obvious choice. Um, because the Muppets are on Stephen Colbert telling you how evil everybody is, for example. I think that's something that people have to watch out for. And whether it's a crooked way to circumvent election standards or not, these mail-in ballots might be a threat from the people who aren't engaged at all. I don't know if that's true, but that's my thinking. If everything was actually, you know, 100% legit, I'd have to imagine it's the people who aren't involved in politics at all. And they say, hey, blue check mark, and I can just mail this in and I'll be good to go. Uh, any more points on that? Or uh, I want to talk about drag queens as well. <laughs> Tough transition there, Mocha. Who, <laughs> <Ooh>, me? <laughs> Anything else on that topic or should we move on? I completely agree with you. Thank I think you. you summed it up quite nicely. Well, what we're seeing now, Mocha, and I know this is uh, your philosophical side, is a lot of people say that the, the gender dysphoria and the drag queens and the gender mixing and everything is the s symbol of a dying society. How much have you, have you heard about that, Mocha? Do you agree? Do you think it's just something that's been blown out of proportion in terms of how much we see it because of the internet? Or do you think it actually really symbolizes something? I don't think I, I used to be very freedom, no, I used to be very liberal-like person in terms of, because where I'm coming from, in Turkey, for example, you can't have pride parades, it's illegal, like, they will um, crush you, they will arrest you, they will be done with you, and I think that's bad, but in those years of 2012, 2014, 2015, I mean, what we're seeing today in those pride parades is not the same as what I thought it was in, back in the days. And um, with these events that are happening in the United States where kids are present and, you know, you have a wall that's, that um, reads, it's not going to lick itself. I mean, what is this? I don't know if it's a sign of a dying society, but in my opinion, it's perverted. And, um, we are seeing have you have have we ever seen any government official speak out against it are they afraid of it is there a public opinion that is supporting this what's going on here does any anybody know has any government official speak out speak out against this sarah there is that what who's the texas politician who's tabling a bill to try to ban children for being at drag events i know i'm putting yeah. you on the spot there but no, no, no. It's it's Brian Slayton. Okay. Representative Brian Slayton here in Texas. But I mean, it's sad that that even has to be said. There is a law that uh, bans minors from being at like sexually uh, explicit events. But I guess the way that it's word it, the way that it's worded is too vague for them to be able to. Um, I guess for them to be able to say, look, you have to do something about this now to law enforcement. Uh, but can I, can I give my opinion of on all this drag stuff? No, no opinions allowed okay. here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to, I know you asked me who it was. So I, I jumped in no, and I didn't okay. want to steal the floor from anyone. I would love for um, it to be more so, free flowing. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, um, Look, I'm coming at this from both a, uh, a mother and also someone who obviously, uh, is an activist for my particular, I mean, I host a television show, but I obviously am a strong proponent of conservative values. I'm sure that comes as no shock to anyone, but just 
looking at this is so infuriating to see the excuses uh, being given to, to hear people, to hear people liken my choice to not have my son wear a mask and be suffocated in his school to taking a child to drag. And, and what I mean by that is, uh, well, I thought that you guys were all about parental rights. Yes, but we're not about child abuse. There's obviously a line. I mean, if, if you want to take that out to its extreme, yeah, I'm for parental rights. That doesn't mean that I think that if a mom wants to murder her child, that it should be okay because it's her parental right. I mean, you have to obviously draw the line. I completely agree with you. It is a symptom of a dying, decaying society. And I have to tell you, when I just watched over the weekend that uh, Christina Aguilera was wearing a strap-on while performing at a family-friendly event in LA for LA Pride, I about lost my mind because this is not a, a, a crowd of people that I want to share a society with. It's just not. And I know that they feel the same way about me and my values. So I, I wish that there was a way that we Truly, I wish that there was a way that we could just have a national divorce and just break up <laughs> amicably, of course. I'm not calling for a civil war, but it, it's just the the perversion that is in these people's minds that they think that there's any sort of justification for bringing a child to any sort of sexually explicit parade, show, whatever you want to call it, is just beyond me. It, it's sick. And it really does give a lot of credibility and vindication to the entire crowd who talked about uh, whenever the, the subject of same-sex marriage came up, they said, this is a slippery slope and this is where it will lead. And uh, to, I mean, look, I didn't agree at the time. I was like, come on, we're not going to be talking about people having sex, you know, adults having sex with children. We're not going to be talking about, you know, uh, uh, normalizing pedophilia and changing the term to minor attracted persons. We're not going to be talking about that. Surely society is not going to stoop that low. And they were completely vindicated because here we are talking about whether or not it should be okay for parents to take their kids to drag shows and tip drag queens while they dance provocatively in front of them and, and take them to a Christina Aguilera concert, a pride concert, a family-friendly event, they say, where she's wearing a strap-on and they're simulated sex acts. Like it, it's, it's just beyond me that we've fallen this far as a society. Christina Aguilera. I totally agree, yeah. A long stretch from Genie in the Bottle. Sarah, I want to know, do you <laughs> think, yeah, uh, Christina, what happened? Uh, <laughs> uh, I want to ask you, though, do you think this was a slow burn? Like, I completely agree with the slippery slope, and I can even think of my brother, who who's a very Catholic man, saying that he thought these things were coming. Even a couple years ago, John Doyle was saying the slippery slope was real, and I've always remembered that. But do you think this was sort of a natural progression to get where this group of people are? Or do you think that with guns and with the border and with everything else, frankly, they're seeing a chance to throw their... The, I'm going to say they, but the most extreme values at the wall and see if it sticks as sort of like a last gasp, or it's going to be the tipping point to their their point of view winning. Do you see that as the strategy here, or do you think it's a natural progression of people who have let the ball roll, and all of a sudden this is where the culture and their society is, where you see teenagers at Pride saying like, oh, it's great that small children are here. It's completely normal. 
Yeah, I, I do think that it's a natural progression. I think that it's the natural progression when when you're when you're uh, talking about you're normalizing perversion. I think that that is the natural progression of of where it's going to lead. And I will say this: I I don't think that they're going to win. I think that it's a tipping point that's happening right now in society. I don't think they're going to win because there are too many normal parents. There are too many parents who care about their children to allow this to just become normal in society. And I think that as the left always does, they've overplayed their hand entirely. And this is, there are a lot of people in the gay community that don't want to associate with this particular uh, special interest group anymore because the, the, the perverted radical part of, of that sector of people are the ones who are, uh, who are showing up at the events, who are running the events. And gay people are even saying, okay, you guys are actually trying to erase us because we were just saying this is how we're born and we just happen to love you know, the same sex. Now you're trying to tell people if they're gay that they might just actually be a woman instead. And so I think that they've overplayed their hand. You're gonna see even a split, even within that community um, because they've gotten so crazy. But I have to believe that they're not gonna win this one. I, I really do. There are too many people who, uh, would agree with them on every other point except sexualizing children. Yeah, I'm seeing what I would call a record amount of push pushback on on all of this with the drag queens and with the story times, and uh, I I think that this is well overdue for people to have have to actually answer questions about this because of course, as we saw in Matt Walsh's uh, documentary, if you haven't seen it, go watch What Is Woman. It's actually just answering simple questions that really cripples the uh, the psyche of some of these people because they've never had to actually explain themselves. They've never had to have an irrational argument for what they think. It's just, as long as I feel it, it's okay. And Mocha, with what's happening now, with everything I mentioned being thrown against the wall, we're seeing record inflation numbers. I know you've been talking for, I think, two years to me personally about the inflation coming because Turkey's inflation is astronomically larger than Canada or the United States. Um, why do you think this has happened? Do you think it's part of this World Economic Forum plan? I think it's hard to say that for Turkey in itself, but why do you think this global inflation is happening and, and very quickly? Yes, before I um, get into that, I would also like to add to our previous mm -hmm. discussion. I think it is great disservice by the public schools and teachers and unions and any institution that supports them in terms of allowing them to teach sexual stuff to children. Can, like, can you just teach children education, like philosophy, history, I don't know, something that is gonna be useful for the rest of their lives? Why do you have to, why are you so obsessed with teaching them um, sex education or sexualized stuff or drag queen story time? Black Lives Matter or land acknowledgement, this or that. Can you just like, even on a Zoom meeting in Canada, they're reading land acknowledgement and what laws govern and, um, you know, Black Lives Matter, blah, blah, blah. It's like, is this a school or is this some ideological ind indoctrination camp? In any event, yes, inflation. I mean, before all the pandemic happened, inflation was always happening anyways. As you know, dollar U.S. dollar has lost its 98% or so of its value over the last 100 years. And um, same with Canadian dollar, same with any other paper currency. I mean, as I think it was Voltaire who said, 
paper money eventually returns to its own intrinsic value, which is zero. <laughs> so it's nothing surprising to me. And I've been saying this. And now you see the Bank of Canada um, representatives, for example, saying, oh, yeah, we mismanaged. Oh, yeah. The whole media, even in the United States, even Joe Biden. Oh, yeah, it's transitory. It's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. It's like, who are you kidding? The guy in the street knows the inflation is coming. You, the president, you, the bank of representative of a bank, acting like it's not coming. I mean, oh, yeah, all these years, all these decades, the inflation always has happened. Our money in our pocket has always lost its value. But magically, after two years of shutting down the economy <laughs> and the supply chain, what, what, what was going to happen? Our currency, our value was going to go up. I don't know. I'm not an economist, so. <laughs> why do you think, why, you want to explain to people why it's so much worse in Turkey and why it's accelerated so much faster? Oh, Turkey, it's total, total incompetence. It's not, it's not about world, um, what was it called? Economic forum or something. It's mm -hmm. total government incompetence, okay? And um, it's this, it's this um, resistance to facts and resistance to the reality for, political gains they just don't want to accept that they're in an economic crisis they don't want to accept that they have messed up because if you accept then you can find some cures instead they double down they the politicians i'm talking about recep tayyip erdogan the president he comes out and he says oh it's we're not gonna increase increase interest rates because it's against islam it's against Allah's word. Really? You're going to, I was about to curse, sorry. You're going <laughs> to determine millions of people whether or not they're going to be able to buy bread at the end of the day. You're going to determine your political policy on, on Islam? Really? And that's not surprising. He likes to play those. Um, he likes to do that because the lower class in Turkey, they are mostly Muslim and they like the struggle, you know, they enjoy, for example, yes, now I have to wait in the, in the line for subsidized bread, but yes, you know, my president, he's standing up to the United States, he's standing up to Israel, he's standing up to the world, so I will suffer gladly. So it's like um, people are living for the afterworld and not living for this world. And um, the youth in Turkey are going crazy. They're like, what are you doing? Wake up. You're in subsidized bread line. <laughs> but so there's no. They're, they're, they just don't want to accept that they're in an economic crisis. So it goes on and on and on. And nothing's going to change. They say we're against interest rates because of Islam. But they do actually raise interest rates. But they don't call it a hike in the interest rates. So it's like a 70, 70 chessboard that they're playing. <laughs> well, I think we see Justin Trudeau doing the same thing here, but not with Islam, his own religions uh, of his leftism of climate change. We can't get rid of the carbon tax because we're going to destroy the earth, you know, that sort of thing. We can't get rid of the mandates because because uh, of COVID religion, all this stuff that oh, would science. <laughs> yeah. 
all this stuff that would help people's lives we can't do because this is the this is as low as we can go and we can't disrespect our dogma sarah um we saw earlier this month i want to say in last month the uh the baby formula shortage and that was something that actually hit biden now and now i i don't know if you've seen this but there's apparently a tampon shortage as well and we're yeah, calling it for menstruating uh, people as well. I just want I want to throw that in there because I want your reaction from that too. Yeah, selfishly. I, I, I mean, I feel like anyone who's confused should just check my Twitter. I was very clear: uh, only women can get periods. There's no reason wow. to say menstruating persons. It's just women. It's very simple. Well, wow, this is um, very bigoted. I know. I know. I, I'm uh, all the phobics. That that's me. Uh, I'm told. But yeah, it, you know, it's really sad that we're living in, I'm like, I'm in America. This is supposed to be a first world country. And we're really talking about, I mean, the baby formula shortage was no yeah. joke. There were kids who were hospitalized because they didn't have formula for so long and they had to go to the hospital and receive fluids and, you know, uh, and get fed. And so, um, Look, it, it's it's a really sad state of affairs, especially when you consider when you're talking about not just the baby formula, not just the tampon shortage, not just all of the food shortages that we're having. We have people going to the supermarket who can't get chicken, uh, not just all of those things, but also back to your you know point about inflation and the price of oil and gas, all of these things were manufactured. It didn't have to be that way. There is not a crisis that's happening right now in America that was not a completely manufactured crisis. And I know you said, this is YouTube, so I want to be very careful with my words here. But you mentioned the World Economic Forum uh, earlier, and I would say um, it's not a coincidence that all of these crises are being manufactured all at the same time while they're saying, as Mocha pointed out, they're saying, well, don't worry, it's just transitory. Uh, and you know, we're going to have to feel some pain before we move to green energy, but hey, never let a crisis go to waste. So now's the time to move to green energy. Um, these are not coincidences that all of these things are happening at the same time. And they're literally saying the quiet parts out loud. They're literally saying, never let a crisis go to waste. Uh, now is the time to move to do all of these things that we actually wanted to do uh, at the expense of you people, you peons, yeah. uh, American public, who are going to be the ones who really are bearing the brunt of all of the inflation, of the cost of groceries, of the cost of gasoline. Uh, th these are elitists who don't care because they already have their Teslas and they're not yeah. going to feel uh, the, the raise in the grocery bill. They're not going to feel because they're set, but it's the American public who's suffering and they're going, how is this all happening right now? Um, look, uh, as we know, Joe Biden, most popular president in American history, 81 million votes in the most safest and secure election ever. I, I, I hope that uh, however many people that voted for him, uh, they're really looking at themselves and saying, why didn't we listen to everyone who told us that this was going to happen? It's just really frustrating. I'm like, this is we're not this isn't supposed to be America. We're not supposed to have shortages and, and talk about this kind of thing. And it just really yeah. I, I hope that it shows uh, you know, not just Americans, but all of the other countries, just just how bad, how quickly you can fall when you don't have the right leadership in place. Yeah, and uh, we can talk about Klaus Schwab on YouTube. We have a whole uh, Great Reset documentary on YouTube. Klaus, um, I don't love you. Great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The whole, 
And uh, you're talking about inflation. A lot of the bank, almost every bank in Canada is listed on the World Economic Forum's partner website, their partnership there. So that's a good sign of places to look. And so are many politicians. Um, many of the Canadian politicians are listed on there, and it seems like they were removed at a later time, probably for their own image. And uh, it, it, it shines through in some of the things they say um, in the past. And I know, Mocha, you probably know Pierre Polyev, the leader of the Conservative Party, was yes. on there. Michelle Rempel-Garner, who is a very, you know, she's very woke. Uh, Sarah, probably not familiar with this girl, but she's a member of our parliament yeah. here. And she talked about the toxic male whiteness of the Conservative Party. And she's from a rural oh. area. And, and she talked about... Yeah, bi- my neighborhood in Calgary. Yeah, and she talked about biphobia and how bad that is. Um, just all these things. And the former leader was in on this as well. And that's part of the reason why they lost, you know, their spot. She's still there, but he lost his, his leadership position because they were going so far into the liberal realm that there was exactly no difference. And we faced those complaints from our audience um, a year and a half, two years ago of vote splitting. And how dare you guys criticize this person when we're trying to get Justin Trudeau out. And then you fast forward to a year and a half later and everybody uh, understands why people were against that. And now we're facing it again for pointing it out um, in, in the new people. And I think it's just a perpetual cycle of, People want whoever is worst out, and then we'll deal with the next person. That's a very uh, big problem, I think, in Canadian politics. It's voting people out and not voting people in. Mocha, is there anything else you want to touch on that, on inflation, before we move to our last segment behind the paywall? Uh, What can I say? It's true. (laughs) Those elites, those elites, they don't care about the little people. In fact, they ridicule them. I mean, they're talking about climate change causing mental illness problems. And it's like, what's like, just these people, these people who write these articles, these people who nonstop talk about these things, do they ever go outside? Do they ever talk to, (laughs) I don't know, other people outside of their bubble? No, the answer is no. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, those are not the, those are not the real problems. The people of this country, the majority of the people of this country, are worried about inflation. It, it just the new news, because of the interest rate hikes in Canada, they're saying one out of four people might lose their house. But no, it's climate change more <laughs> important, right? Sorry, yeah. All right, I want to move behind the paywall for one more talk about guns and gun ownership and gun rights that's happening in the United States. Um, So go to rebelnewsplus.com to sign up for just $8 a month. Netflix just went up. Why would you not pay to see more of Mocha and Sarah? Of course, Nine Mocha on Instagram and Mocha Bazurgan on Twitter. And you can find his page on rebelnews.com. And of course, Sarah Gonzalez TX on Twitter and her show News and Why uh, It Matters. Am I getting that right, Sarah? My yes. Memory. Yeah, you got Thank it. You. It's a it's a mouthful. I know. I didn't I didn't it's choose okay. the title. <laughs> well, now it's just going to be the Sarah Gonzalez show. If I have anything to say about there it, you go. that's on Blaze TV. So go sh- <laughs> be sure to go follow her spicy uh, Twitter. I had underlined earlier, uh, Sarah. Why does it say spicy bitch on your Twitter profile? Um, well, uh, it's a fun story. So uh, one of my viewers alerted me to some guy who I guess I don't know. He's got 
40,000 subscribers or something to his YouTube channel and was mad at one of my tweets that I made in my tweet storm uh, <laughs> about uh, uh, black nationalism being a greater problem than white supremacy in America. And he was very mad and made this whole YouTube video about how horrible I was and somehow thought it was an insult to tell me, uh, well, not to tell me, but to tell the, the all of his viewers, he said, Sarah Gonzalez is a spicy bitch. And I was like, <laughs> I am totally using that. I love it. So we're creating an entire brand around it. I was gonna uh, say. We're going to have, we're working on shirts. We're working on hot sauce. Um, we're going to have it all. And we're just going to lean into it because I thought to myself, he's right. I am. <laughs> Gun rights. I believe the slippery slope is happening again in the United States. I mentioned Matthew McConaughey earlier. Everybody was ranting and raving about how terrible his speech was and how radical it was. I didn't think it was that bad. I think he was wrong about things, but I think he said American values, family values, um, things of that nature I agreed with. But fundamentally, I think red flag laws are flawed because it depends on who's in power to enforce them. If you hate Donald Trump and all of a sudden Donald Trump and Madison Cawthorn and uh, Ron DeSantis and Sarah Gonzalez are deciding who gets red flags, um, you're not going to like it. Just as you're not going to like that Joe Biden and um, uh, John Legend and, <laughs> and Jay-Z are deciding <laughs> who gets flagged on the other side. Mocha, do you see any fundamental, and I know you're a big fundamental rights guy, do you see a big problem with going the first step of red flag laws or maybe banning, you know, a magazine sizes we have in Canada, do you think it can possibly stop there or do you think it inevitably all goes towards taking all your firearms away? Oh yes, the tyrants will never stop. They will continually work. They're very dedicated. They have, an, they have um, a goal, a collective goal and they will work on it as we've seen with other stuff. But uh, in terms of Canada, Here's the thing. In Canada, if, if you're a TV station or a radio station or whatever, you have to legally show some percentage of Canadian content. You can't only or mm -hmm. majority of your content can't be from the United States. Why is that? To avoid the influence of United States, basically, in Canadian culture. Yet, when it comes to policymaking... Our prime minister, our liberal prime minister, Justin Trudeau, whenever a shooting occurs in the United States or whenever, you know, some abortion talk starts happening, immediately this guy starts implementing laws and regulations about these issues, like the recent handgun grab. Mm -hmm. And um, so why... Are our policies being affected by events that are happening outside of Canada? I think... I don't what, know. I think what happens here is the world is so connected online and Canada and America are so similar. I mean, I sound like somebody from Michigan or Wisconsin, people tell me. Um, and the online... I don't think they're similar. Well, I, I think I, they're... I, I think you, you definitely sound Canadian. Whatever, Sarah. <laughs> Which word is it that gives it away? Uh, uh, about. Gah! It's always about. <laughs> I don't hear it. I don't hear it personally. But what I was going to say. Uh, well, while you were, you were talking earlier and you said it a couple times and I was like, oh, that's so cute. 
<laughs> whatever, dude. Whatever, dude. Um, what I was saying, though, is I think people get so influenced, like young people get so influenced by American culture, like you're saying, that they basically see it as the same thing. Well, they want to do that there, so we should also have a reaction here because we're so similar. And in the online world, if you're 16 and you're watching TikTok, your world is basically shared with Americans, Brits, that's probably the, not That's us. why they want to bring the voting age down to 16. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, that's a horrible idea. I was going to make a joke and just say they're stupid, but I guess they are. Um, you wouldn't want them to, you can't, they can't drive on their own. They can't drink. They can't join the military. Um, they can't get married unless they're getting parental consent in some weird place. I've never seen it in Canada. There's so many laws about it, but for some reason we should let them decide who runs the country. And then at that point, I think you could run for office at 16. I believe you can. You can't become prime minister. Um, I don't think you can become a senator either. But I think you can hold political office um, as a member of provincial parliament. I could be wrong. We'll just cut that out if I am, you guys. But uh, there opens up a huge door for 16-year-olds to be treated like adults now. But there would be this huge contradiction there where 16-year-olds can vote, but also we don't want them to have the responsibility of driving a car or owning a gun. I think it's very... Uh, very uh, convoluted in the sense. And Sarah, if you're not... Hey, they don't have to be consistent. <laughs> Sarah, if you're not aware, in Canada, we have magazine restrictions. We have uh, bans on all sorts of weapons because, as I'm sure you're aware, they, they can never come up with a functionality uh, consistency uh, for how to ban guns because if they say semi-auto, everybody's going to say, no, that's everything. So what they have here is a giant list of guns that they don't like and that are scary. It's pages and pages long. And it even goes down to extremely rare, like, uh, five-shot Rugers or something like that. And because they can't actually be consistent, because none of these people know what they're talking about. And that's what happens when yeah. these people are in charge of our government. They don't even actually know what they're talking about in terms of the things they're banning. But they're saying, this is too scary for us. Let's ba ban, like, a 30-odd six or something, or something that's a pull-action lever. Because, you know, it's mm -hmm. also something we can just put on a list and ban. Yeah, I think what was particularly telling about uh, Justin Trudeau over there in Canada was that he didn't, I mean, obviously what they would call assault weapons, I'm sure are already banned where you are. Yeah. But here in America, we were having the conversation about AR-15s or, you know, uh, AR-15 style weapons. There in Canada, Justin Trudeau took it to a completely different level and said all handguns. And it was yeah. like, wait a second, that's not even what this shooter used <laughs> yeah. in this exactly. particular shooting. Could you be making yourself any more transparent that you were just waiting for an excuse to, to disarm your, your public? I mean, it's it's crazy to me. And also the fact that he was bribing them, just like he did with vaccine passports. He said he'll give them a billion dollars to any province that does yeah. it. And uh, also... When you say Canada, that's your accent. Canada. So Can check, checkmate. <laughs> Mocha, we won't talk right, about you. We right. won't talk about your accent, Mocha. It's not fair. That's fine. <laughs> all right. Uh, anything else you want to say, Mocha, before we wrap this up and uh, get going to watch, you know, uh, let's yes, see. Yes, it was a right. pleasure. And I would like to say I care very much about a chance for survival. Next, um, in the last couple of about a month ago, my neighbor got robbed and um, it's really dawned on me that it's too bad I'm not living in a country or a province where I could legally defend myself with a weapon. 
because again, all I'm asking for as a citizen is to is a chance to survive an attack, an aggression, an act of aggression. But yeah, that's too much to ask for because <laughs> something that happened in the United States, but still, I love the Constitution of America. I love the Second Amendment. I love the First Amendment too. I like the Third Amendment as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. And um, I will definitely love to move to Florida or Texas one day because I understand what these states are about and what they stand for, really. So I'm not, a, I'm not some Silicon Valley tech employee <laughs> yeah and justin trudeau even <laughs> said the other day you don't have a right to self-defense with a firearm here the government also said last week that you don't have a right to own property in canada so they can just strip that from you they were talking about russian assets but uh when they say you don't have an absolute right to owning property and the government can just take it away from you kind of sounds like moscow in 1987 sarah anything to to say before you go where should people look for you um anything you got on the horizon yeah, well, I, I want to add uh, to Mocha's point really quickly, too, um, on the, the subject of firearms. I think that what the politicians don't want anyone to focus on is the fact that this uh, recent shooting in Uvalde here in Texas, where I live, is just, I mean, it's like it could not be a better reminder, as tragic as it was, it could not be a better reminder to the American public that you can't just leave it to law enforcement to be the only people with yeah. the weapons because sometimes yeah. they don't respond. I mean, I'm like, yeah. I'm looking at this and I'm like, how can anyone come to the conclusion that we need to be disarming our public rather than arming them more so that we can protect our children? It, it blows my mind. But of course they don't want you to focus on that because in the end, they want to be all of the ones with the control and yeah. with the power. They don't want you to be able to defend yourself. They want you to rely on them. Um, so I, I just wanted to add that point. And, and yes, I think point. that's why the Constitution is so important. That's why the Second Amendment, uh, as Mocha said, in America is so important. Yeah. And I don't want uh, people to lose sight of that. I mean, it's just, it, it couldn't be a better reminder of the entire reason why the Second Amendment exists. So, uh, but with that being said, yeah, I look, make sure to stay tuned on my social media. I have a YouTube channel that Sarah Gonzalez unfiltered, but it, we're rebranding it right now for uh, the news show. And I'm changing my Sarah Gonzalez unfiltered page and kind of building it up from zero again. So um, make sure that you guys uh, stay on the lookout for that as well so that you can subscribe. I was doing a lot of videos and then I, um, I don't know, I, they're kind of funny, I guess, but um, I was doing a lot of videos and then I went off and, and had a baby and stopped doing them for a while, but I'm starting to get back into the, back into the groove of that. So, uh, so make sure that you are following my social media at Sarah Gonzalez TX and uh, stay tuned for that so that you can subscribe. Wow, baby, don't you care about climate change, Sarah? Thanks, everybody, for watching. Um, I'll be starting my Spicy Bitch channel next week. Stay tuned for that. <laughs> Thank you for watching and subscribing on Rebel News Plus. We'll see you next week. Play us out with some music producer Lincoln J. Thank you. I don't know when everything went so woke. Why is there a feminist in every TV show? I can't watch a movie without seeing rainbows. I can't find a male music artist not wearing girl clothes <laughs>
I can read your mind, I should be banned on everything I'm a hateful bigot in everything